0: Good morning. Welcome on this Monday morning to our devotional, Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. We left off yesterday talking about Paul and the abundance of revelations that he had. And because of that, a messenger of Satan, a thorn in the flesh, something that would literally affect his physical body. And the word buffet there meant literally to hit with the fist. And we described in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 11, many of the things that he actually went through because of that messenger. He would get to a city, and that evil spirit would incite the people to riot, to attack him, to want to kill him. It didn't matter if it was the religious leaders or or, or if it was the political leaders. That demon That devil, that messenger of the devil was responsible for enacting all these things. All you got to do is read the book of Acts. And every time that there was an incident, there was the messenger of Satan to buffet him. And you have to understand this. The revelations that Paul brought to the body of Christ, to the church, are so awesome and outstanding. These things that were mysteries in the Old Testament are unveiled in the New Testament with full understanding and comprehension. And some of these mini- mysteries that were completely unknown, uh, the example of the rapture, as I mentioned before in the book of First uh, uh, Thessalonians chapter 4, where the Apostle Paul talks about the return of Christ and the taking away of his bride in the twinkling of an eye. Now, some may interpret it another way, but I'm just simply stating that Paul unveiled massive amounts of revelation. Jesus himself personally had revealed himself to Paul and also revealed the gospel that Paul preached. So Jesus, when he unveiled himself unto Paul, he met him on the road of Damascus, but it was up. When he was in the desert for those three years that he was seeking God, that one revelation after another was unveiled to him. And because of that, then you had the repercussions. In other words, for every cause, there's an effect. And for every effect, there is a cause. So there was the whatever God would do in Paul's life, the devil responded by attacking him. You have to remember, this was war. This wasn't because of Paul's sinning. This wasn't because of Paul's life or whatever. This was because of the gospel. The Bible does say and teach us in the book of Peter that those that live righteously for the Lord shall suffer persecution. What does this mean? Even though the Lord has promised us all these protections and all these promises, For our lives. It is true. It is to protect us. It is to guide us. It is to help us. Get through and push on forward. But it does not mean. That these things are going to be. Absent from our lives. It means with much tribulation. We must enter into the kingdom of God. According to Paul. So if we continue reading. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, 8, and 9, it says, Lest I should be exalted above measure, through the abundance of the revelations, revelations, there was given unto me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. And then when we read in the next verse, it says, For this thing, what thing? The messenger of Satan and all the attacks that he was bringing upon his life. For this thing, I besought the Lord three times, that it might depart from me. In other words, he was tired of these assaults. He was tired of these batteries. But you have to remember, Paul himself stated that when Jesus revealed himself unto him, he told him, For He must not only, you know, demonstrate and show uh, my gospel and who I am, but He must also suffer many things. And the thing is this, that it is because of the persecutions for the gospel's sake. Jesus said it. Jesus said, if they have done it unto me, they will do it unto you. But that does not mean that you're living in sin. It does not mean that you've done something wrong. But because the gospel seed is in us, it is a point of attraction for the enemy. Remember the teaching of the parable Sows a Seed, the seed that fell in the rocky ground. It says that persecutions, afflictions, temptations, and trials. All come because of the Word's sake. Not because we're uh, good or holy or righteous, but because of the Word of God that is in us. Now, let's understand three things right off the top. Revelation is one of the most awesome things that God can accomplish in the life of a believer because He opens up your spirit To be able to behold and to see, to know and to understand things that would not have been able to be grasped when someone just simply teaches or speaks or when someone just reads their Bible. But it is where the Holy Spirit brings out these truths and they become so real to you that they cannot be just erased away from your mind. They are actually now more real than the world that we live in. And that's why Paul talked about, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, he he talked about not looking at the things that are temporal, but at the things that are eternal. Not looking at the things that are seen, but looking at the things that are not seen. What was he talking about? He was talking about you have to keep your eyes on Jesus. You have to keep your eyes on Him. And that is part of the revelation. The unveiling of Jesus to your heart. The unveiling of Jesus to your very spirit man. The unveiling of Jesus to your understanding. So that we can grasp this. Remember, Jesus told Peter... He told him clearly when Peter said, You are the Son of the living God. Jesus said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. This hasn't come because of natural means. This hasn't come because of you were studying or you went to some educational uh, institution of some sort. This came because my Heavenly Father revealed it to you. Well, Jesus now for the church and for the body of Christ reveals and unveils all truth by the Holy Spirit. That's why He is known as the Spirit of Truth. Because when He would come, He would leadeth into all truth. And truth is light, and light is life. And that light, which is life unto us, dispels the darkness and causes us to walk at a higher level and dimension than normally one would walk without it in your life. Without that in our life, we walk at a level. I would compare it to an eagle soaring and a chicken being on the ground. An eagle can soar because it's lifted up by the wind, the currents that flow, and it rests. It can see more than anything else. Yet, a chicken, it scratches the ground, is looking for its food to peck, yet. It's limited in its ability. While God, through the Holy Spirit, has raised us up. And, of course, Isaiah really brings it out. You know, those that are weary, they shall be strengthened when? They shall be strengthened when they are fortified in the Lord, like with wings of an eagle. See, even they shall run and they shall not be weary. Why? Because there is something... Well this is God's answer to Paul. If you consider that for what is said in Isaiah, it says in verse number 9 and he said unto me, Jesus said unto Paul, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect and the word there perfect is basically just simply my my grace is made complete, my strength is made complete. It's accomplished in you. It's consecrated, finished. It's consummated in your life. The weaker you are in Christ, the more humble we are in Christ. The more meek we are in Christ. The more we bow before Christ. The more that our heart is broken and contrite before Him, the more we are lifted up. Why? Because it requires His strength, it requires His grace, it requires His ability, it requires His knowledge, it requires His information, it requires Him, Him, Jesus of Nazareth, through the Holy Spirit, revealing and unveiling His nature to our lives Other than that, if we depend on our own strength, on our own understanding, on our own ability, on on, our own knowledge, our own wealth, our own capacities, then we limit God. We limit Him because we are depending upon ourselves. God's plan is plan A. Our plan is, well, if it doesn't work with God, I have plan C, D, E, F, G, and H uh, as backups just in case. God say, you trust me, you trust me with all your heart. There is no backup plan. There is just Jesus. Now, the scripture teaches in the book of Matthew that what Peter received was literally revealed unto him. But what Paul was saying was Most gladly, therefore, I would rather glory in my weaknesses. Infirmities is the word that's used there. And that word does not mean sicknesses. But it means feebleness of body or even of mind. Frailty. In his weaknesses. That the power, that's the dunamis of God. The dunamis of Christ, the anointed one, may rest upon him. So the power that rested on Paul was because of his dependence upon God. But his dependence upon God was because of the grace of God. Please understand, it's not just simply, it's not just simply. Saying, well, it's unmerited favor, you know, that's the grace of God. No, grace is a gift. In the New Testament, it is defined as a gift. It is a charisma that is given to the believer that he or she may draw from the grace of God. And be able to do what they could not do in their own ability, in their own strength, in their own thinking. And that's why Paul goes on to say that the power of Christ may rest upon me. See, I can do all things through Christ That strengthens me. That is only possible because of the power of Christ that is resting upon the life of the individual. See, that's not a mental exercise. That is a reality. You come to the place where the grace of God is literally a gift in your life. And you find that you can draw life from that grace And as we look at it later in another study, we'll be able to understand it a little bit more. But it was not only the revelation that was amazingly powerful in the life of Paul, but it was also the love of God. The love of God to be able to surpass all understanding. The love of God to be able to In spite of man's rejection of God, the love of God to give, to give his own son, knowing that he would be rejected by so many, yet still continues to push forth that every single one of us has the opportunity to express the depth, the height, the breadth of that love that he has for us. And Paul, in the book of Ephesians chapter 3, explains the power of that life in the life of the believer. And then finally, because of the word of God being so mighty in our lives, it's the word of God that contains the faith of God. And the faith of God for the believer means in 1 Timothy six twelve, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on to eternal life, whereunto you are called. And you have professed a good profession before so many witnesses. So it's faith. It's love. And it's the revelation of God. It's the word of God. And all of these things and the name of Jesus that truly make us say, Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And what can separate me from the love of God? Not even death, it says. There is nothing on earth, there is nothing in heaven, and there is nothing below the earth that can separate me as long as Christ continues to rule as king in my life. Consider this as food for thought and for the imagination. In Jesus' name, till we see you on Tuesday, join us again. Amen.